The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on steeped coffee packs at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch. If you're in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry, make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. Okay. I got an idea. You go. You have an idea? I just had one, but you okay, go. Okay, no, you go first. No, you go first. This is your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, I, I knew you were coming to town, and okay. I knew that I needed to have you on the podcast. Uh-huh. And the only reason I knew that I needed to have you on the podcast was because I knew I needed to talk to you, and that was all. See, this is really special because I feel sometimes you have to make it formal because we tend to want to talk to each other, but then we only run into each other in these weird places. And then we're like, hi, here's my download. Here's my download, full download. And it's awkward, but not. It's only awkward for everyone else. It's not really awkward, I don't think. I feel great after. Our little chats are super sick for me. Dude, our last little chat was so, it filled me up for like three and a half weeks. I was fucking going heavy. I was like, oh, cool, I can do anything I want. Literally. At all, it doesn't matter. So this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Yes. I had this thought the other day, two days ago. Uh, when I was exercising, and I was thinking about how coffee isn't the most interesting thing about you. What is? I mean, literally everything else is. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. And I was thinking about how cool that is. I appreciate that. And coffee isn't the most interesting thing about me. For sure. Literally not at all. (laughs) Not even close. I'm like a human wearing a meat suit that does coffee sometimes. That's mostly what I do, but... I, I struggle with that. Okay, I love coffee, and I love the fucking niche of coffee, but I get hurt feelings sometimes when people see me as just a coffee person because that's not really who I want to be. Right, and I think that I can see that because I know you. Yeah. And I'm like, you're, you're presenting yourself as this multifaceted human that you are, and you're saying, I do this here, but look at all the other things that I do so well. And I think there's more, if we're talking about learning and teaching, there's more that people can learn from the things that I've been through and the things that we've done than just how to make coffee, how to brew coffee, why coffee's exciting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's because when you're talking about coffee that way, you're talking about a set of rules. Like, here's the rules to this game. These are the ways that you can play it, blah, blah, blah. And that means, but that's finite information. And how many people do we need in that zone talking about the same stuff? It's like, here's the fucking death spear where I stab myself in the head over and over and over and over again. I think I'm a really good teacher and a really good educator, and I enjoy teaching. So I have this big, huge skill set around coffee, so it feels natural to teach people about those things. So 
I feel confident that if I make a brewing tutorial or an espresso tutorial, it's going to be pretty well received and it's actually going to be really, really useful. Yep. But if I take a step back and I'm like, cool, barista hustle, they're, they got tutorials fucking coming out of their ass and that's great. Like right. people should use them. And there's someone like James who James Hoffman is doing like a bunch of product reviews on his site. And I, I don't really want to do product reviews no. and that's great because we don't need a bunch of people doing the same fucking thing. So if you want to learn about which hand crank grinder is the best, like, yeah, go look at James's channel and he'll fucking tell you. And that's tight. And I'm still struggling to like punch out of punch out of that box a little bit and figure out, okay, I know where I want to go, but I don't know if people necessarily see me as that human yet. Guess what? Tell me. It totally doesn't matter. I know. I, (laughs) This literally does not matter. This is this other super weird thought that I was having, which was nobody actually knows anything. Like, and everybody wants to find like some island to climb out of the ocean onto to feel like safe in information. But when you sort of like break it down that we all don't, like no one knows anything. We have some things that we can back up information on. Like there's science that's provable and that's rad. Way way to go science. But like... Like, you do not know what's going to happen in five seconds. For sure. Like, for sure, we could learn to fly in the next five minutes. I'm and ready. I, I mean, reasonable, we'll talk, we'll talk reasonable, about that right? Later, but, yeah. like, nobody knows anything. So, everybody is like, looks to you because you have this ability to sort of broadcast information that makes people feel safe. And people feel safe with certainty when certainty is not a real thing. It just isn't. Just like rules, just like any of it. Again, there's science, there's gravity, turns out that stuff's real enough, maybe, who knows. But like, for real though, here you are is a guy who's very well spoken, who can like talk a lay person from point A to point D on a series of steps to get a finished product that's pretty tight. Yep, for sure. So you're like this guy that is like, okay, so here is a master. I want to, I want him to tell me about the thing he's mastered. But it turns out you're mastering a shitload of other stuff that's pretty rad. And I'm like way more interested in that stuff. But I'm psyched because coffee's the reason that we're sitting together. So, For sure. You know. Coffee's kind of the reason that we're sitting together. Well, coffee is on like a factual fact, like you installed an espresso machine in my coffee shop. That's true. Although, let's say anybody else went to install that espresso machine. Arguably they're not sitting in this room with you right now, no. nor are you long-term friends with them. That's There's true. like so many other... Coffee brought us together, right. but it's not necessarily what kept us together or helped like develop no the friendship. Coffee didn't glue us together. There you go. But coffee for sure uh, was like a mixing agent. <laughs> I could deal with that. All right. <laughs> Can you take that one? I could take that one. Um, question. Did you know that we were going to be friends forever that first day? You made fun of me, which was like a pretty good start because I've, I've continually drawn to people who will just say whatever they want. And I'm, I didn't know if I knew we were going to be friends forever, but I knew there was a good chance. I know who I'm not going to be friends with. Right. I'm not going to be friends with someone who is like overly sensitive, can't take or give a joke, or is like a little bit afraid to just talk shit because, oh, I'm scared I'm going right. to like mess someone up. So like I walk into the store and I have snap pants on and my hat's like broke off like 45 degrees. And you're like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was like, okay. And then we were visited by two Texan angels. Yeah, gold dollars, which I swear I'm so fucking mad. I know. That I don't have. So how many, was it two? or it two. So two older gentlemen came in. The, your store had just opened. Like Did they we get had been macchiatos? Open two days. They were like, what do you sell here? And we were like, we sell coffee. What should we get? And we were like, well, you should get some macchiatos. They were like, what is that? It was like we were speaking a different language. It was like they were visitors from another planet. I don't think honestly. they were fucking real. No, I was just telling Patrick Melroy, who, shout out to Patrick Melroy. I was telling him this story. And he told me that his theory is, is that Frankie and Billy time traveled back oh my God. to experience this like very integral part of our lives. I almost want to buy that because I swear... This is no bullshit. Because they were so loving to us. When I think of, when I play back that time in my mind, like you visualize something in your mind, th- there's always like this like glowing yeah. white light aura coming from <laughs> so like the real. front of the store and like this weird haze and it feels like dreamscope. Yeah. And who rolls into a shop, like two 65-year-old dudes who are like, want to know about coffee, yep. who they end up staying and then somehow end up paying and then giving us these gold dollar coins. They were like, you guys are going to be all right. Here you go. go." And they basically tipped each of us a shiny gold coin and then walked out. It looked like it was brand new out of the mint. Full just from the mint. And I'm like, what? And I can't, that's one of those times where I wish I would have been so in the moment to where I could have realized in the same way that I didn't really realize, oh, maybe we're going to be best friends forever. They're like, <laughs> I need to keep this gold dollar. This is a talisman that this, probably will help me time travel later. Yeah. I, I'm like waiting to find it again. Right? It might come. I fucking hope it does. <laughs> that would be the shit. I think I realized that we were going to be friends when you came back a few weeks later to train Todd, I think. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Which is so weird that Todd didn't <laughs> Todd, know how to make Todd coffee. Todd had like no interest in learning how to make Todd's coffee. Like, I mean, what? How He's hard all, is this going to be? I'm just going to be working here part time. Just fine. <laughs> just squish thing with tamper. Cool. Oh, Todd is my business partner who's like way smarter at coffee than me. This guy. Literally. He's just like really carving out a niche for himself. Gosh, he's so good at everything he does. I'm like, oh, okay. It's pretty hilarious. No, it's awesome. I know. When I hear him talk about coffee, I'm like, wow. Okay, fine. You're here. You're there. So this is my purpose, by the way. So this is, we're already like Let's so scattered, go. but I think my purpose is to be, um, an introduction. I'm like, uh, I'm a portal. Mm. I feel that this is like where I'm going in my life is like, I can be a portal for people to walk through, to find things that they are going to like, they're going to connect them to something. Got you. Um, and sure right now that portal is owning a coffee shop and a roastery and a bakery and all those things because I'm actually connecting people to things that they want that they can make money out of. But more so with Todd, it was like, here's this skater guy who I was in love with and I'm still in love with, but he had like this just sort of like, he didn't have a direction, which isn't to say he was directionless. He just didn't have he just hadn't had connected to like some source energy that he like needed to like fully charge him through. And somehow in this path that we are on, he has like so deeply found what he is good at. And not only that, but like his voice has come out of it and his passions are coming through. And I, all I do is support that and like keep giving him opportunity for it. He's just one example, but was there a, a, like a tipping point with him or a turning point to where it transitioned from 
cool. I'm going to do this to help yeah, out you, were there. you. And then like where his eyes are just like, because you see the evolution over time. Yeah. But it's if someone traveled back in time right. to the first week of your store and talked to Todd, they would be like, no way is this guy going to be nope. a green buyer, coffee roaster. Yeah. He's not going to head up like a multi-million dollar company. No, for He's sure not. not. <laughs> He's just not. He's just going to like... Take his like tips and, it, and go skateboard. Yeah, not in like a way that he was not capable of it, but he's just like, I'm yeah. just not really interested in this. Something shifts at a certain point, and I think a lot of it has to do with competency, right? When you yes. gain a little bit of competency, you feel like you get that jolt of all your hormones and all the things that makes you feel really good. So you're like, oh, I'd like to do that again. Uh, and so I would say you were there for the first bit of that, which was the first time he was like, I'm going to learn how to pour tulips. Yep. And I couldn't do it. And he was just like, oh, this stupid thing. Blah. And I was, I was like, dang, he's better than this. It was like cheating. He's almost. already better than me, and he doesn't even care. That's not fair. But um, no, really what happened was, okay, to be my partner and to be my husband is a real brutal thing, I think, um, because I'm very outspoken, and I'm very loud, and I'm very, uh, I have gravity. You know, I like people want to be around me. <laughs> And I'm super humble. <laughs> People love my presence. It's requested often. I uh, basically just get paid to be everywhere. No, none of that. But I'm just, I have an um, energy from other people. I'm a, probably like a triple extrovert, really. For sure. And uh, Todd isn't that. And so he's just kind of like in the background actually making everything work. He doesn't get a lot of the credit for, that he deserves. But then what happened was we had Frankie, who's our first son. He's six. And... We opened our roastery three months later, and I was like, cool. I literally don't want to know anything about this. I just don't. Like, I, I can't. My brain can't keep it all in. I can't understand how to, like, make our retail work and that. And it was that day that I was like, this is yours. I won't touch it. And I really have, like, largely stayed out of it and trusted. And I think f my trust in him, but also his paying off competency is, like, just made him feel so secure and strong and grow and and then beyond that like things just happen like your coffee is good and you're like oh wait that's because I did that oh weird or you know it's just little things that like sort of continue to make you feel excited and grow it's like learning one skateboard trick and then learning another one there's a, a definitely a big difference in the way that I perceive Todd in the context of your business than when I first started so we're the first honestly Several years that you were open, I was like, the French press, now Dune Coffee, is Julia's business. Right. And Todd is like her sidekick. Yeah. He's just there. And, and here's the thing. It turns out that I'm just like the puppet, and he's like the giant... Like, I mean, that's not true either. But. Well, now I see, I see you two as equals. Right. Now I say, oh, it's, it's your business together. Right. It's an even... Everybody's... <laughs> your face... <laughs> that's just that's just the reality of how this situation evolves. Right. And I think that's that's really natural. But I, I'm just saying it because it's cool that I think that way now. And that means right. that Todd has grown in that way. And now going from someone who basically, you know, like helped introduce him to this world of coffee. Yeah, he, well, he's, congratulations, he Chris. Like you did that. He stands up all on his own. I introduced Todd to coffee, the first coffee he ever had when but he was a babe. coffee's not I, the most interesting thing about you, dude. No, and it's definitely not the most interesting thing about Todd either. No, that's very true. No, so, I, I think that there's this thing about um, partnership, which you know because you have a 
triple partnership. It's mm-hmm. weird as heck. I'm glad. I, I think we have it easier. I mean, we for sure have it easier than you. Yeah, you do have it easier than me, but I also have it easier than you because we're married. So, and I uh, take that really seriously. So when uh, we're gonna fight to the death over something, we're gonna fight to the death over it because I'm not. We're not gonna get divorced over it. So I'm like, look, I'm gonna stand my ground about an opinion that I have, and he's gonna stand his ground. We've learned how to fight fairly so we're not like mean about it at first when we first were married we were like really mean which is lame but um I now have this person who is so different than me that I can really fight to the death about things that I'm passionate about and what happens is I'm either actually not that passionate about it so I'm like okay you're right or I'm like get my passion gets so much more strong and then I like develop a really good argument about it and then he's convinced and it's kind of rad it's like Okay, dude, like I value your I like respect what you're what you're after and you respect what I'm after. And if this is that mat- matters this much, we're going to get there. Ugh. but partnerships rough because you um well, for that reason it's awesome and rough, but I think that the way our partnership and just our business in general and I feel like you are such a your business is so interesting. I'm like, how are you only have you only been around for 2 years? Like what even? Whoa. We're going on 10 years this year, and I feel like I just learned how to have a business this year. <laughs> like, I'm being dead honest. I mean, there's a, a lot of it has to do with probably we went in with so much intentionality. Not that right. you didn't, but we knew from the get-go that we weren't going to just be like a coffee shop. Right. So whereas most people who probably open coffee shops are like, I really love coffee. I love serving people coffee. It'd be great to have a coffee shop. If I could just make a living having a coffee shop... That's awesome. And that's what I saw with you and the French press. You're like, this is, this is something I could really crush it at. This is fucking awesome. And most like credit to you, you do really well. You become quote unquote successful in that business. And then the next logical step is like, Oh, well I could have another one. Oh, I could expand into here. Now we can do wholesale. And what I've seen as a trend, which is really crappy is People get so far along in the game before they realize that their empire is so fucking large that they need to really take care and manage it. Yeah. And we, just because of where we came from, we were like, okay, we're going to try to be at that scale, so we need to start doing this stuff before we're even open. It's so rad. I mean, this is a, a, real, a real thing that is both humbling and amazing, and I feel really grateful for it, is uh, so... Three, four years ago, you and Jared left Verve, and Jared decided to come work for us. And four years ago, we had two stores and a roastery, and he came on, and I was like, I do not know what is going to happen here. Because I didn't know. Like, I'm like, I don't know. This is such an unknown quantity to me. Like, I love this human, and he is so capable, but I don't know what my business looks like. And it's super funny because I've been uh, reflecting on that time. And the first time Jared came and we did an orientation and it was like this super dumb two page thing that was like, what am I even talking about? Like, what is this place? And so in a lot of ways with reflecting, I'm like, I didn't even know that we, what we had, like in terms of our business, like I didn't know that I had this potential and Jared coming to us and you coming to us was really, um, it really sort of forced 
me to put on like a different set of eyes and to see it as like a real potential for to be something more than just a series of businesses that create money and jobs. Because I mean, you, you start the train and it freaking just chugs down and you just keep building track and it keeps going and you don't really have a lot of opportunity to step off and be like, Oh, well, where are we going? What are we trying to do? I don't know the fuck. Right. Yep. And like you, so then you bring in two like basically like bombs and they were like, let's explode this train, but still chug it down. And I, it was really scary. Like straight up, like there was a lot of times where I was like, Jared wants me to like tell everyone what I care about and I don't know how to do that. And he's making me feel so emotional all the time. And, um, (laughs) and like a testament, and this is something that I was reflecting on after we saw each other the other day was like, those years were so hard for all of us. Like you, incredibly, your journey at that time was so hard. Jared's life was so hard. Our life was so hard for all different reasons. And by some magic, we have been able to like, walk through that time and now like I can reflect back and I'm like without that intermission of you guys our business is not what it is now and I that blows my mind like because if you guys never would have come and worked for us I would have just been like we probably still would have the same business literally we'd have three stores a roastery blah 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 but it would not have a direction and intention. We wouldn't have like the strong focus that we've got. We wouldn't have done all that hard ass work that we did. And that was a hundred percent like straight up. Let's give Jared his credit. Like it was a hundred percent because of Jared. Oh yeah. He was on, he was on a fucking Jared journey, made us dude. write our values down and Todd and I wrote these values He's down like, and Jared was like, these aren't your values. And I'm like, fuck this guy. <laughs> He's my friend, but he's wrong. And then I was like, he's right. He's <laughs> and then he's like, your mission is just like too lofty. Just say what you mean. And I'm like, what do I mean? And so like, I actually think that whole thing has put all of us on this new path, which is, oh, coffee's not the most interesting thing we do. Business isn't even the most interesting thing we do. Like some psychedelic madness where we're all interconnected and find these ways of pushing the tide up and lifting us up a little bit is actually what are what we're doing. Right. Because the things that we do are just the things that we do. Those are vehicles. Those are methods. Those are, they're tools. And like a lot of people have a lot of different tools. So for us, coffee just happens to be one of our, one of our main tools. But if you sit back and look at your business and then sit back and look at yourself and be like, what am I fucking put on this earth to do? You're probably not going to reflect and be like, I'm put on this earth to make coffee. I'm put on this earth to participate in capitalism and transact, (laughs) transact a product for money in exchange for time. No. Yeah. No, it's not. It doesn't work like that. Mm -mm. And, but it's hard to get, it's so hard to break out of that because from such a young age, we're taught, especially with our generation, and just the vibe that was going on with where our parents were at in the world, it's like, you grow up, you get a job, you make the money, because that's what you need to do, and that's the most important thing. And I was always taught, you go to work, you put your head down, you shut up, and you work hard, and that's what's going to get you ahead. Hard work's going to get you the recognition that will get you the promotion. And that was where my head was at. So every job I went to, I was like, cool, I was... It, it was a fucked up cycle that I, in the middle of it, like still, like I couldn't even realize it when it was right in front of my face. It was like that gold dollar. And I was like, I go to work, 
I do, I work twice as hard as everybody else. Mm -hmm. I produce twice as much. I'm fucking down. I'm killing it for all intents and purposes. Like I'm the fucking best employee ever. Yet I see people lapping me, getting ahead of me, whether it be in freedom or money or status or whatever you want to call it. And it took me so long to realize like, Hey, this, this system that I've been taught, it's like not working. So I turned 40 this year and it's been the most awesome thing that ever happened to me. This like arbitrary number change. (laughs) I feel so much freedom to it because suddenly I'm like, I feel like I'm allowed to have this like I'm allowed freedom suddenly. I'm like, oh, shit, all these rules, all the arbitrariness of all of it was literally made up at some point to serve something, and none of it is actually real, and none of it matters, and that doesn't mean that I'm just going to go, like, not wear clothes and, like, drive my car sideways. Like, none of that's... I'm going to still participate (laughs) in common functionality, but what it really does to me is I, um, I stopped fearing this idea of being bad or not good because I too am exactly like you. I would start a job and be like, how am I going to be the very best? How am I going to be the best at this job? Oh, cool. I did it in five minutes. Like I know how to be good at jobs. Like everybody knows how to be good at jobs. You just work hard. You know, it's, it's turns out it's not hard, but there's a rule structure to it that you fit. And then if it like, if you don't get what you think you're owed, the rules are like, it just drags you down. Cause you're like, Oh, well I did everything right. Why am I not here? And this, and then you have to realize like, you don't like, we can live our lives however we want, like at all. And so this is my new purpose is like, I I'm surrounded by young people and I'm like, hello, I'm your boss. You can do whatever you want. Like, you sh- you probably still need to make money because you live in America and this is capitalism. Right. Welcome to the party. But like you want to be into this thing, be into it. Don't don't put that big old passion over there because you think this is the purpose of your life to like get to some like fulfilled goal that like somebody arbitrarily made up in the 40s or the 20s or the 1800s like baloney for sure because every okay every time I got in especially when I got into coffee because I was so passionate about that industry at the time I was like this is this is where I want to be it felt like I'd found a little bit of a home so I did the fucking worst thing ever which was drop everything that I was doing in order to do that thing and that spiraled even further. So, like, you know, when I moved to San Francisco to work for Ritual, I basically stopped skateboarding. I stopped playing basketball. I stopped making videos. I stopped doing all this stuff that was just part of my DNA because I had always thought, like, okay, to succeed in this one thing, you have to go all in. And it's, yeah. not, it's not about you. It's about the thing. Like, I have to give my all to something else, to someone I gotta else. I got to pay this blood price right. in order to get there. No, you know what's so crazy is that I... What I've been trying to do more is be participant in these other things that really make up the whole of me, which one of them is music. You know, a lot of it is exercise and just being a physically active human, being a mom, all that, blah, 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 and getting tattooed. It's a weird, a weird subcultural part of me, right? And uh, spending a lot of time in like the tattoo shop, I have heard that exact 100% story. Like these gentlemen who are in their 40s who are the same age as us they're like when I found out that I was going to get into tattooing at 18 I dropped 
everything else. I dropped everything else. And now I'm like trying to pick it back up because I felt that I owed it. Like, well, this one thing that really has resonated with me is my friend Dan. He said, I knew from the get-go that tattooing didn't need me, but I needed it. So I was going to give it everything I had so that it would accept me. And I'm like, dang, that's so real and so rough. And I resonate with that so much because you're like, I mean, did skateboarding do that to you? No. It didn't? Well, what do you mean? Like, didn't you feel when you found skateboarding, didn't you feel like skateboarding doesn't need me, but I need it so badly? Yes, but okay, here's the other thing with skateboarding, though, is skateboarding was more inviting to me and... Even though... Because it's so participatory. Even though it dominated my life. Yeah, it it didn't take over... Well, maybe it did take over my life. But, like, when I I was skateboarding, I was still playing music. Yeah, that's true. I was still drawing. I was still doing all these... you stopped everything for coffee. I stopped everything for coffee. And skateboarding was something that, like, sure, I got off school... I went to my friend Josh's house every day, and we would we would skate all night. But it didn't feel like I had to. Right. It, it didn't feel like, like I had to. It was only because I wanted to. And when we were done with those sessions, and we would go home, or it was cold, or it was raining outside, it wasn't something that I felt like it sucked the creativity out of me. It brought more creativity into my life. So through skateboarding is how I got into making videos originally. Because I was like, if you're a skateboarder, like you obviously want to make skate videos. And that bleeds into like, okay, if we're going to make a skate video, maybe we should make some some like skits to go along with a skate video. So we're going to do some like kind of quote unquote acting, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And then skaters are into the shit that they rock. And it's like, dude, we should make shirts for our skate crew. So that turns into doing art. So yeah, skateboarding dominated my life, but it planted all these other seeds and allowed that shit to grow. And that didn't happen with coffee for me. Do you think it's because coffee was tied with making a living? Probably. And making a living is tied with the concept of success. I saw it as a career track. And like, I I was passionate about it for sure, but I saw it as like, I need to make it. Yeah. Like, quote unquote, make it, whatever that means. So it it took all the joy out of everything else. And again, it's just like that gold dollar. I didn't realize it at the time until I, I get to where your friends are at now with the tattooing. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing with my Remember life? Remember all those other things that were like really life-giving that I gave up? Like what is going on? Because I got to this point to where I was just like kind of grumpy. Yeah. And like kind of mad. And for sure, I mean, you saw it when I was mad. Like you could tell like I wasn't in a good place. And then for multiple reasons, but that's like stacked on top of it. And then I would get frustrated with the coffee industry and talk tons of shit about the coffee industry. And the coffee industry has its problems. But if I look deeper, I'm like, I feel jaded because I feel like coffee took my soul because I let it. And that's fucked up. So this is really interesting. Something that's been happening to me in the last two months. uh, And it really has a lot to do with competition, which is so weird because, like, I don't know. I would not probably just, like, choose to be part of competition for any other reason than it seemed like a fun thing to do. Which is the only reason I competed in 2010. I think I got 24th, but I was first in <laughs> first place in everyone's hearts. <clears throat> Maybe debatable, but um, no, not debatable for sure. Well, competition has always had this through line in our company, in as much that if people want to do it, I'm like rad. We'll we'll send you, we'll help you. You do what you want to do. We've never like 
asked people to do it. We've never required it. It's just something that's kind of been part of our culture somehow, actually because I competed in 2010 probably. Like we set, we set a standard of a thing that we do. And in the years I've been in and out of being involved in it, but mostly I, I go hands off because I'm like, you know, this is your thing. This is your journey. Yeah. You do your, you do you. I'll buy the coffee. I'll do what you need, Like, but I'm not going to be part of it. But um, Kay Chion, who's competing again, and he's kind of asked me to come along on this journey a little bit and um, not in a way that feels contrived. Like he, I genuinely feel like he's inviting me to be part of it. And because of it, it's making this part of coffee fun to me that hasn't been fun for a really long time. Because coffee to me has become this thing of it's a responsibility. I'm responsible to 50 plus employees. I'm responsible to like a large amount of people who support their families from my jobs that I provide them. Um, I'm responsible to coffee farmers in Honduras now. Like I feel a response. I feel that responsibility and it's rad. And I actually like largely feel this is like a really trippy one is like, it's a privilege to work hard. Like I feel that like, and I know that. So whenever I'm like coffee, you're so whatever it's I always have to like rubber band snap myself with that so before I get off but like um Kay's inviting me to be part of competition in this way and just like talking about it I'm like this is a fun way to think about coffee I really like this thing and then I remembered that that was the whole point of competition in the first place was let's think about something that we do every day differently and then I've been like what else can we think about differently? And so it's just totally sparked this whole thing. And, and so I think that when we get dragged down by this idea that like the coffee industry has to be a certain way and we need to like status quo or work really like work ourselves to death at for these like jobs. I don't know. I'm getting, I might be all over the place, but there is a point when I kind of try to remember that it is also like, there was a thing that brought you to it and it was fun. So I'm trying to like in this way that I'm trying to connect myself back to all the things that are fun. It's like, well, what's fun about coffee? Cause it's not that fun to pay like a lot of rent checks. That no. sucks. I mean, it doesn't suck cause it means we get to be there, but it's like, I mean, it's not what's moving your soul forward it's not, or anything like that. But what's, what honestly is moving my soul is, uh, Todd and I have been talking a bunch about, we have this like crazy crew of people that work for us for the first time. Like we've always had rad people that have worked for us, including you. Shout out Chris yeah. Paco worked for me. Just kidding. I feel like you never really worked. You were just worked. I was we, there. we worked alongside each other. No, I definitely worked for you. I guess so. I mean, you were way too Seems nice to me though, there. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. You um, saved my life. It was but we have this crew of people that are working for us right now that I feel like this intense privilege to sort of like, I'm like, dang, without all the fuck-ups of the last 10 years, this year, which is going to be the best year of our business, and I don't even mean that, like, success or whatever. I mean, just in general of, like, just general, like, outer space status. Yes. It, none of that happens without those previous nine years of just misery and failing and making giant mistakes and all of that. But now we've got this crew, and I'm like, they're pulling me into their orbits of, like, excitement, and I'm just tripping out on it. I'm like what? Tell me more. I'm like, so today is Friday and Kay took the GS3 to UCSB to the materials and chemical departments. And they're going to pull 
all of our coffee is espresso and then break up the chemical compounds, which what? I might be giving away Kay's like secret. Sorry, Kay. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's doing these things that I didn't I can't even consider because it's like, what is that? Point being that he's just he's taking coffee to a place that I didn't even consider as a possible thing to do. And it's so fun and so cool. And I've created the environment for him to do that in. So there you go. And he doesn't feel like that is work, knowing no. him. He's pa- like he's living through his passions, and and I I see like okay, we've both had super lame bosses who didn't who probably saw us as people that needed to like punch a clock and get the job done for eight hours. But we've also both had bosses, or we've been bosses that have seen people having eight hours to like realize some potential that'll take us all to the next level. And I kind of think that maybe, sorry everybody that worked for us in the nine years previous that I didn't do this for, I've just really understand that that is absolutely how I have to be a boss now. Is like, yes, we're going to serve people. And we're going to give them coffee. And we're going to wash dishes and we're going to clean bathrooms. But we're also going to like take this boat up a notch. A little bit. And maybe a lot of it sometimes. I... Dude, I fucking, I'm fucking down with where you're going. I've been journaling so much and like I've been doing like this daily journal and this 30 day challenge thing and uh, focusing a ton of energy. Like I did this. Are you an introvert? Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. I, but I don't think people have introvert and extrovert pegged the right way. Yeah. They're like, oh, introvert. And you're like, you don't want to talk to people. I more just think about it in the way like I think, I I think out loud yeah. and that's how I know what I feel, but you I write. can journal and I, I can't I write do that. for sure. And I've been, you know, doing this wide discoveries and trying to find like, what the fuck is going on? Like what, like what, what is my sense of purpose here? Like what are, what are these themes that are all connecting my life together and what kind of people do I want to be around and that, that give me energy. And it's been really interesting to have to step back and look at that. So we were talking before we started is that, recently had the opportunity to podcast with, I don't know what the fuck you call them. They're two people who people would consider influencers or thought leaders or whatever the fucking like (laughs) bullshit thing you want to call them. But they're, they're really talented people in what they do. And they've created works that have moved large amounts of people in a certain direction and got the chance to sit down with them, both of whom I admire their work. And it was really amazing connection. And that gave me the craving to do more of that. And I really had to step back and kind of check myself because we were like, dude, yeah. And then we'll get this guy on the podcast and then we'll get this person on the podcast and we'll get her on the podcast. And I was like, wait, why do we actually want to have them on the podcast? Or why do we want to be on their podcast other than, hey, you're fucking famous. That's cool. Which is weird. It's like that success trap, right? Because next thing you know, podcasting stole a decade of your life. Right. And you have nothing. And I'm just like, oh my God. And then, you know, we were brainstorming all these people and I'm, some of them were, were famous and I'm like, I don't even fucking care about this person. Yeah. I don't know who this person, I mean, I know who they are, but I don't know who they are. Right. And the, the commonality that I drew in between all of the people that I wanted to talk to is this idea that they were living their truth. They were being true to themselves, not just famous or not just successful or not just making a lot of money. I'm just examples everywhere 
of people who are pandering social media for likes or spinning these like ridiculous stories or relying on fanaticism. And I'm like, I don't fucking hate that. Or I don't like that. I hate that. It seems salesy to me. It seems weird. I want to talk to people that are in their zone. Right. In their zone. And that's inspired me to get into my zone. And I'm just like, I want everybody around me to fucking live their truth. And I want to inspire other people to live their truth. Because when I go backwards... And I look at the times when my shit was fucked up. It's because I wasn't being me. I wasn't living my truth. I was trying to live for everybody else because I thought I had to to get my career. And now, just how you've had this revelation, I've had this revelation. It's staring me at the face, staring me in the face. I can't even fucking talk. I'm so excited (laughs) at work. So where the employees that I have that I love to be around and the ones that are going to do the most amazing things for our organization are fucking people that are living their fucking truth. It's so real. And can do more than just make the coffee, but everyone's got these really interesting skills. And I I don't only want them to use that at work. I want them to fucking go get it for themselves too. And if living your truth means you have to leave the organization, how can I help you do that? Because no. I am down. We have this value for our company and it's... Uh that we can do anything. That's our value. And it really stems from this idea that in 2009, we built a coffee shop with literally no money and nothing. We had, and it's a freaking Cinderella story. So you should look it up. Just kidding. But um, it comes to this idea that just because they say you can't do it, you, you got to do it. But my whole, how I take these, like we can do anything is you're here in my business for maybe it's going to be three months. Maybe it's going to be a year. Maybe it's going to be 10 years. But like while we're here, let's freaking do this thing. And when you're gone, when you look back, I want this stepping stone, this island that you stopped off at to have brought you somewhere else. That's your portal. Like full portal. Like it is, I like, I'm like, let's do something crazy magic. And when your time, when it's your time to go, I'm going to love you and I'm going to send you and I'm going to be like, Look at Nick Purvis. I mean, he's like my one of my favorite examples. He's an easy, obvious example. But there's Rob Clausen. I mean, Rob Clausen was our first employee, and now he's like huge photographer for the hundreds, and he's living his truth. In a, I mean, he has always been an authentic guy, but like for sure. his truth is that he is a beautifully creative, genuine human being. And when he was in our store, he was so connected to everyone. And when he went on to go be the artist he was supposed to be. I mean, I could just cry thinking about how, how happy I am that that's what he's doing because it is nothing to do with me. It's just like, we're all on this planet together. So like, what the fuck does that mean? Let's all do something together in our time. And like the idea that we would treat our employees as just technical workers is a bummer because we're not just transacting things. Like, we're not a Ford factory where we put widgets on widgets, right? Like, we are fully in a, a living organism of a business. Like, a cafe is so such an organic thing that you can't be transactional. Like, it literally is just not work. So you have to be authentic, true, genuine, real, loving, kind, happy, connected, um, understanding what your needs are, understanding what my needs are. Like you have to be able to do all of that and technical skill a little bit. So if I am saying like, don't be all of that, but do this, you're going to just have a bunch of bummer summers and it's going to make your organization lame. 
because no one at the core is going to be happy or fulfilled. No. Because no one at the core is actually happy or fulfilled by putting 20 grams of coffee in a portafilter and pushing the brew button. I'm fucking sorry. There's levels to this shit. Yeah. It goes deeper than that. And and it's like satisfy it satisfies an innate need to do something right or interesting for what? 3 months? 2 and a half? 5 minutes? Like I don't know like but there's something else and like I think about those moments that we've all witnessed like I go into Cat and Cloud uh, my mother-in-law lives here so I I'm a I'm a Cat and Cloud regular. It's rad. And my experience is just this like full-on organic face melt. Every time I'm in there, it doesn't matter who it is. And it's just because I get to witness a bunch of people being their real selves. And that's the same for my own stores. It's just different because I'm the boss. So, like, I get a different experience. But, like, just, like, Bailey is my favorite person. (laughs) Fuck, yeah, he is. Seriously, love (laughs) Bailey so much. I'm like, how am I going to be friends with Bailey? Is it weird that I'm 40 and I want to be friends with Bailey? No, because he's... His parents were... He's like a total... Yeah. He's our age, basically. But the thing about Bailey, and I think this speaks to what we're talking about, is is Bailey is 100% authentically Bailey. He... If I say Bailey, like, what is... What are you? He would probably be able to tell me some mix of words that would make sense to what he means. But he does that at work while still producing kindness, genuineness, fastness, hustle good coffee he can do all that but none of those things are what make bailey so enticing it's because he's just a real guy who loves death metal and grindcore but also is just fun to be around i'm like i want to just like i want to like somehow like hold my hands up and like absorb him not to be weird having him around has been fucking inspirational for me because he's so obvious in who he is and owns it with all his heart, it he really made me look at me because I would look at him and I'm like, I have the same feelings. I'm like, dude, I want to be like, I want to be like Bailey. And it's not that I want to be like Bailey. It's I want to encapsulate myself so much and like walk that walk in the way he walks his, just uncompromising. Right. And I, I just want to be that dude. And for a long time, I was like, I'm a really strong individual. I like to own my sense of self, but I separated that individuality that I have and organizations that I was a part of. And I looked at them as completely separate things, especially when I entered into the world of owning a business. I was, even though I'm the boss, I was still guided by these things to where these are the things that you do as a boss. This is how you have to act as a boss. These are the responsibilities you have. And that was kind of Honestly, fucking up until the last like four months, that was pulling me, pulling me along, and I was doing an okay job, but I couldn't really say that I was necessarily happy with the way everything was going or I felt mean, totally you fulfilled. You can be a boss who is responsible and caring and fiscally responsible and gets the job done and all of those things and still be authentic, true you. It just takes a little while because I think that. it's so crazy making because we enter into these places with this full imposter syndrome, I think. And maybe that's just because we opened our business and we were full imposters. I felt like I was. 
like I just felt like I was like walk in the room and I'd be with like Eileen and all these people from like Kyle Glanville and I'd be like I'm I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> but you know it but then it's like so you you feel like you have to be a certain way to gain respect from your peers in the bigger coffee industry but then you also feel like to gain respect of your employees you have to be a responsible person you have to like have this outfit on and it turns out you fully don't for me I was almost worried that people would see me as having too much fun yeah, if I was totally. being myself. It shouldn't be fun to own a business. And that made me feel weird because <laughs> as, as the owner, you get certain amount of privileges, mm-hmm. you know, your life is in some ways more challenging, but overall, like you have it pretty good probably compared to your employees. So I'm like, cool. I get to be the owner. I get the privilege that comes along with that. If I stack my natural personality and the things that I want to do and I'm good at on top of that, people are going to fucking hate it. Case in point, if Baca shows up to work, just fucking peaking fucking 10 out of 10 running around the store with a video camera doing these fucking monologues and shooting b-roll and making videos all day like are people gonna think i'm a joke but guess what that's actually the best thing that i can do for my business yep as long as i'm doing the requisite work of yeah i want to take other people on my journey with me super bummed on you if they like don't have milk and their (laughs) paychecks are late or like you know if you're not like meeting the needs for them to do their jobs but like if you're actually just like enhancing their experience in addition to like meeting the needs of being an owner you're freaking rad i know but i just have this fucked up feeling to where it's like oh this fucking guy, what is he, what is he doing? Is he serious? Like, this is my boss. Like, like this guy. Yeah. I just do all the hard work and he's just like running around. Yeah. Happy Jack over there. This is because you and I've been programmed from this idea that to be successful, you have to be the hardest working guy in the room. And, uh, we talked about it on the last time I was on the podcast, which is the, this idea of like when you're not behind the bar that much anymore or ever, if you're me, like, I'm I'm with you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like, there's this idea, this, like, guilt, like, you feel like, oh, uh, like, like, when customers say something like that, you feel like such a guilt. I feel, I used to feel a lot of guilt about it. And then um, I would also feel like I should be the best at making coffee in my organization. I don't know. Just all these weird, like, these shoulds. Like, I should be this. I should be this. I should be this. And that'll just, like, murder you. And it murders your organization. Like, if I presuppose that I am supposed to be the best at sourcing coffee, well, then that doesn't allow Todd the opportunity to be the best at it. If I presuppose that I'm the best at training people or teaching people something, well, where's Kay and Matt Fuel going to go? Like, you take all the thunder, and I don't even need thunder. My thunder, like, I am, like, the biggest thundercloud right now because everyone in my organization is murdering it. (laughs) I, like, seriously, I'm like, how... I go like I seriously spent almost all day at work in a full on just like peak. I was like, I cried like ten times because people are like doing these things that I'm like, I didn't even know you knew how to do that. <laughs> Chot showed me this design and I straight up cried because we talked about Chot the other day and it's like these ideas of limitations that we put on us are like of like, well, do you know? And Chot has just taught himself how to understand color in this way. That is, he didn't even need me to say anything to him. He just figured it out. And that I, like, that I am somehow part of this growth for this human 
and that I get to also reap the benefits of his magic powers that he suddenly now has. I'm like, the world is too much for me right now. It's so good. It's so sick. And you you said like, oh, I don't want to fucking take anyone's thunder, but it's bigger than taking someone's thunder because let's take me for example. Let's say I'm on I'm on bar two days a week. One, I don't know if I'm going to take anyone's thunder, but the second thing is like, as an owner, I'm I'm obligated. I want to enhance the lives of my employees. And part of that is by working with them one-on-one. And then part of them is being the best that I can be for our organization. And guess what? My biggest value, my biggest way to enhance the lives of the people around me is not to be making espresso every day. Mm-hmm. If I'm making espresso every day, there's an opportunity cost for that. And it's taking me out of the areas where I can be myself and provide like the best shit ever the things that are my contribution to making our business grow and thrive and making, like you said, this two-year-old business feel like it's been around for like a decade. There was this one point I used to work every Saturday and it was like, it really, first of all, I loved to work the Saturday shift. It was like my favorite thing. And not because I felt important or anything. It was just like, it was just like, um, it was like going skateboarding on a Saturday morning. Yeah, like there's, if, there's an energy like, associated just, with it. I like would go and like fill up my energy tanks and I would like have the best rest of my week. And I would always work bar with Matt Fuel. And one day Matt Fuel was like, I was like, what can I do, Matt? He was like, why don't you just go stand in the lobby? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Matt Fuel is like my favorite person because he freaking, he sell, tells it to me straight, but in the way that's like, I'm like, he's right. I am not better at pouring lattes than literally the rest of the people that are here. He's like, go stand over there and talk to everybody because that's what they want and that's what you want to do too. You just think you have to be working to do that. And I was like, dang. Blew my mind completely. So that's. I remember you used to come in on the weekends when I was working there, and it would be just like, boom! Like you're through the door, you're behind the counter, and you've got like five pitchers of milk, and you're steaming them at the same time, and milk's like flying everywhere, and you're dumping like half of it on the floor. Again, though, it's because I don't think rules apply to me. Like I just have a real struggle with that. I was like, dang! And Matt's like, oh yeah, she get she gets it done. Yeah. (laughs) But it's this idea that like, and I think that's a lot of, a little bit of ego. Like I'm like, I got to show these guys that I'm not like full of bull, like that I know how to do this too. And then realizing that like, obviously I know how to do this because I'm putting the, literally the best guys and girls and women and men in charge of it and giving them all a chance to do it. That's actually way better than me like coming in and spilling milk everywhere and burning bagels and like trying to do <laughs> my APMs, which is actions per minute would be so high. So intense. <laughs> just off the chart. And then you just disappear into nowhere. Like, where'd she go? Like, I don't know. Oh, I'm out in the parking lot looking talking to Patrick Melroy. Peace. But you, you were telling me the other time we were talking that you just kind of came back and had this awareness for the first time in a few years. That's like, you know what? I don't need to apologize for for who I am, and yeah. I don't need to be self conscious about that. And I feel so so free. And we were kind of having this journey in tandem for whatever reason. And I'm like, dude, we are on a vision seriously. quest together. <laughs> and I'm, it's something that I've been working on. But even just hearing you say that gave me a little bit more permission to kind of lean into it more because I I felt like I was toying with leaning into it. I had bought into the idea of it, but I wasn't really actively living it yet. It was just this thing that's putting it in my brain and kicking it out of my brain. It's really, really beautiful. 
to realize this. And uh, I mean, for a very long time, I mean, to, to, to give the whole story is that uh, I have two kids, six and three, and for the last three years, I've just been really struggling with like finding my passion within our company and within the larger industry and all of it, just feeling like, where's my place? What am I supposed to do? What do I want to be doing? And then also just sort of like trying to be a mom and trying to be a wife and trying to be a, mo- a daughter and all the things that come along with just being a human being, uh, not to even mention like taking care of myself, right? And realizing that I was basically low level blowing it at everything. And it came to this point where I told Todd, I was like, I'm going to go to grad school. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out what I want to do. And, he, and Todd, who is literally the realist, he was like, how about instead of that, you just like come back to work? And I was like, oh, oh. And um, that sort of like put it into perspective. I'm like, what am I looking for? Like, what is it that I am like not fulfilled? And if I've created this place that's supposedly to like be fulfilling, then like I should, I should actually do that. And so sort of like um, thinking about leaving and then coming back in this way where we've already created all these systems that like to make me sense like in a lot of ways obsolete, like I don't need to run retail because Colin runs retail and I don't need to roast and I don't need to do these things. But what is it that I bring? And it's like um, not to be humble but all spark right like it's like oh and and feeling like giving myself permission to just have that be what I'm good at it was so fulfilling and it made me like feel so much more passion than I've ever felt like grinding it out grinding it out feels good in a way but only for a little bit grinding it out feels great when you're like I made something out of nothing but then something's there and you are still grinding it out and it doesn't feel good some way, somehow, like, turning the corner and saying, like, I don't need to apologize that I'm not going to make the schedule, you guys. Like, I'm not going to, no. I am here to fully, like, paradigm shift. I'm going to, like, push us a different direction. Like, I'm going to have 35 ideas, and maybe half of one of those ideas might be something we can do. Dude, I bought hot pink plates for pastry plates yesterday. It. And it was like, Colin's like, can we really have these plates? I'm like, we can have we orange can do ones whatever if you want. We want. Why not? <laughs> and if they don't work, we can replace them. And there's this idea of just like, I think that what I've realized that my role in our organization is to be like to keep reminding everyone that there's no rules. Like, you don't have to have reclaimed wood to have a specialty coffee shop. You don't have to have anything. You just have to have coffee and people and good coffee, you know, whatever. There, are, I guess there's some rules, but. There, I mean, there's some rules, but the other thing that you provide, maybe unintentionally or maybe really intentionally, is mentorship. When you're, ta- yeah. when you're talking about being a portal for other people, sure, you show up at the shop. You, your energy is infused in the organization. Right. And when you're gone, that there's a certain amount of energy that's absent because that's right. just what you do. And not that many people can fucking compete with that level of energy. It's right. just it's just rare. And I know that you mean a lot to a lot of people and have helped a lot of people out. And in the same way that you helped us out, I don't feel like you did something incredibly special for us in that I know that what you did for us you would do for someone else. Like the way that you helped out Jared, the way that you helped out me is the same way that you help out everyone around you. And that's not something that the old school capitalist economy can quantify on a spreadsheet. And that's 
part of the reason we feel guilty for like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Right. When you're really, you're doing, a, you're doing a lot. Man, don't you just feel like, and I mean, maybe I'm making our relationship and our business's relationships a little precious, but I, I feel like what we are doing in this way is so, so renegade. Because it's so honestly open and kind and caring because that's just like what we do. And when I think about our relationship, it is not all love and hugs. It's like, you're like, I don't think that person should work for you. Or I actually think you're doing it wrong. And that kind of honesty is so important if you trust, if there's trust and love, right? In the same way that like, I mean, yes, I would probably do that for someone else. But because I've like been part of your journey for so long, I'm so invested in you as a person and as people. And now I'm just invested in your company because I love you guys. But you're right. And I think you would do the same thing for other people. And I actually think that's what you and I are trying to do now. We just don't know that we're doing that. Right. That's like what we're doing right now. It's fucking... You guys, you're going to be fine. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go down. Yeah, it's, it's okay. This is the fucking best podcast ever. <laughs> Dude, that was so tight. That was an hour. Was it really? That's what the timer says. One what hour and two minutes. About? Everything. Coffee isn't the most interesting thing about you, that's, Chris. That's what, that's what started it all. But I do have to tell you, when you were talking about being a good teacher, I was thinking about this fact that I know about you, which is that you thought you were going to be a history teacher. Yep. And uh, I was thinking about how, at one point in your life, you made a decision to not be a history teacher, and you took a turn, and literally that as an option fractured off the earth of realms of possibilities and just fell away and is gone forever. But think about it this way. What if you would have turned that way? Good God. And this coffee thing would have fractured off the earth and fallen. <sighs> like, thinking about that decision, look, and I'm for the chills thinking about it. Thinking about the fact that all of these decisions, even when they're little ones, like, I'm going to move to San Francisco and work in a coffee shop because it's going to be the best thing. The ripples of all of these choices and our actions are so major. Dude, it's fuck. Did I even tell you, you how you I got that? You employ all these people. Look at all. I mean, how many people listen to your podcast? Dude, we, my friend Adam. Schneider. Schneider has family in Stuttgart in Germany and they go to visit them all the time. And when I was toying with the idea, I hadn't totally settled in on it and I was like, okay, I'm going to move and I'm going to I'm going to do coffee. I had somehow at one of one of these public cuppings that I went to and through the first competition that I went to all by myself and then booked a ticket to go to North Carolina the USBC ended up talking to Dwayne Sorensen at that time, owner of Stumptown, who said that he remembered seeing me at the barista competition, and I was like, oh, weird. Yeah, I was there. And he's like, yeah, you did a good job. That's awesome. Gave me his card with his phone number, his cell phone on it, and was like, if you ever come to Portland, hit me up. And I did hit him up, and he took the time out of his day, and he met up with me, and we did a cupping at the Annex, and he took me to Division, and we went to the offices, and we hung out with him all day. I went back to Modesto, and I emailed him, and I was like, hey, I really appreciate what you did for me. I'm thinking of making the switch from like dropping out of school, going to coffee full time. What do you think? And he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, let me set you. I'm going to, I'll put in a word for you. I'll set you up with an interview with one of my cafes. I'll let him know that I know you. And I was like, okay. So I'm scheduling these interviews with Stumptown. Adam is in Germany 
and I had arranged to pick him up when they flew back in. So he's flying into SFO. I didn't have anything to do that day. So I went into the city early and I went to Ritual. And I talked to Eileen, who just happened to be working the register there, who also remembered me from the competition and was like, hey, you were in the competition. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, how's how's coffee where you are? I'm like, well, there's nothing going on there. So I'm thinking of moving to Portland and working for Stumptown. And she looks at me. She's like, why would you want to do that? Why don't you just move right here? She's like, why don't you just work? I was like, well, you have to move to work. She's like, just work right here. And I was like, seriously? And she gave me her phone number. And on the way home, she called me and she was like, yeah, I realize I offered you a job without talking to my business partner, who was Jeremy at the time. Can you come back tomorrow for an interview? And I'm like, sure. So like, talk about fractured. Like, I had to pick up my friend from an airport or I would have been like living in Portland doing God knows what. Okay. I'm I'm obviously like a, the universe's interconnections. I'm like a mystical in that way. I'm like, bro. The universe was like, here, let me just nudge you in this direction by letting you pick up Adam. I mean, maybe or maybe not. But man, what a good story. Fucking crazy, right? God, that's so good. It's It fucking blows my mind every time I think about it. Because I'm just, this is just like this seemingly the most insignificant part of my life. Picking my friend up Here's from the airport. Here's a part-time job in coffee. It's just like the most random thing. And then it's like, it unravels into this fucking ridiculous journey. But I... And everyone's y- had those. And you can't, you can't deny the fact that, like, it had nothing to do with the coffee, though. It had to do with Dwayne being personable and, like, connecting with you and then being hospitable and kind and showing you this, like, kindness and connection and inclusivity. And then Eileen recognizing you. I mean, literally all of those things are just, like human stuff like all we all want is that and that's like what we get from like a lot of the things we do in our extracurriculars and then like when we try to put in put a job on it it like kind of screws it, it up just kills but, it sometimes but uh, man that is so rad what a good story i did not know that about you i didn't know if i'd ever told you that i was like <gasps> i tell it every once in a while because it's one of my favorite favorite life stories thank you Dwayne. thank you eileen man fucking what a world a. I don't know why. We should probably just end the podcast right. there. What a world. Let's high five. Hi. Do it again. Left-handed? What are you doing We're left-handed? Doing, I don't know. There you go. Oh. <laughs> the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the Brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a Brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the Brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal and they just care. They care about you. They care about me and I care about them. And that's why Cat Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. What is like, I can't think of anything to not talk about. I don't know either. I'm an open book. That's the thing, right? So how long have you been divorced? <laughs> <laughs>
Hi, uh, welcome to the podcast. I can't wait to talk to you. I, fuck. Now hey, I feel like we're fucked. On. Okay. 